civil procedure today, we talked about transfer from one venue to another venue. Notice you can only transfer from a federal court into a federal court. And here's how this episode is going to be outlined because there's a lot to cover here. And I want to make sure that it's organized clearly so that it's presented clearly so that I learn it clearly. Uh, What I'm going to do is that I want to really define what transfer is, how it works, the process for it. And then I'm going to go over the three statutes that we talked about related to transfer. And then I also want to go over two example cases that illustrate what considerations the courts have put into deciding if they should transfer a case. So what is transfer? How does it work? Uh, What's the process for it? Well, it's important to get straight the difference between a transfer and removal. So say, for example, you file in a state court and you want the case to be in a federal court in a different state or rather just even in a different venue. First, what you need to do is remove the case from the state court to a federal court and note that this is going to be the federal judge and to determine whether or not they accept the case. After that, you're going to transfer from a federal court to another federal court. And note, this is from a federal district court to another federal district court. You can't transfer from a district court to an appellate court. And this is going to be the determination of the original judge of the original federal district court to say, yes, I think this this should be transferred, or no, this is not going to be transferred. One crucial question asked for transfer is whether or not the original venue is improper or an improper venue. And the reason why this is important is because if the venue is proper, then the choice of law, and we talked about choice of law briefly the other day, uh, but we're going to get into it more later, so I'll get into choice of law later. But the choice of law from that state will move from that original venue, if it's proper, to the new venue. However, if it's improper venue and it transfers, well then that choice of law from that improper venue does not go alongside, it doesn't tag along with that transfer. Let's go over the statutes real quick. So we have 28 U.S.C. sections 1404, 1406, and 1631. 1404 allows the court to transfer from a proper venue to another proper venue. Why would you want to transfer to begin with? And this is going to get into the cases, but most of this is going to deal with evidence. The evidence in the other venue that you're trying to transfer to is much stronger or much more accessible, more convenient than the original venue. And so a defendant may try and transfer it so that they have access to all that information. We want to consider the plaintiff's choice of law with the original venue, but we also want the defendants to have a say in saying, look, there are more witnesses involved around this case, so on and so forth, and that's why we would want to transfer. Section 1406 allows the court to transfer from an improper venue to a proper venue and this is actually going to be an alternative to a 12b3 motion to dismiss for lack of 
prop impro- well for lack of proper venue because there is an improper venue and this is just saying look venue's not here we need to transfer to a proper venue and instead of dismissing the case we're going to elect to transfer instead a lot of courts actually go for a 1406 instead of a 12b3 and the reason for that is because it's much more efficient saves the paperwork keeps the court's docs running smoothly and there are a couple other reasons as well section 1631 allows the court to transfer a case where it was first filed in an improper venue with lack of personal jurisdiction and it allows it to transfer it to a proper venue and the reason for this this is applied not as often but you use it to avoid hitting the statute of limitations the statute of limitations is when you are no longer allowed to sue and if you're running out of time for a case to be dismissed uh, and then refiled because of the statute of limitations, a 1631 may be requested so that it's transferred without having to worry about hitting this statute of limitation, quote-unquote limitation. Let's go for our examples of what courts consider when they are determining whether or not to transfer. We have Mickmon versus Eli Lilly Co., This is another case with DES. We've talked about DES a couple of times in tours, but it's where a mother uh, uh, took DES to prevent miscarriages, and it actually had negative effects on daughters that were born to those mothers. And they want this to be transferred from a proper venue to another venue. And the rule is that you need to show that first the venue you wanted to be transferred to is proper, and then you need to consider private and public interest factors for actually transferring it because it's not automatically going to be transferred. What private factors do we consider? We're going to consider the plaintiff's choice of forum, the defendant's choice of forum, whether the claim arose elsewhere, whether uh, how convenient it is for parties to be elsewhere, how convenient it is for the witnesses to go there, and the ease of access to further proof and evidence. As far as public interests go, we're going to look at the transferees. That's the court that it's being transferred to. Uh, The transferees' familiarity with the governing law, uh, the uh, congestion within the court docket system, and then we're going to examine local interests with resolving local conflicts. So those are the private and public considerations that the court will de- examine when determining whether or not to transfer. In this case, even though it had proper venue in D.C., it also had proper venue in Massachusetts. As far as the, pub- uh, the private factors went, Most of the evidence was in Massachusetts. That's where the mother who had ingested DES was from. That's where uh, witnesses were from. That's where uh, she had actually consumed DES and so on and so forth. It would be much easier to manage that in Massachusetts for the private reasons. As far as the public reasons go, 
you would be applying Massachusetts governing law anyways because D.C. says we're going to apply Massachusetts law. So whether you're in D.C. or Massachusetts, you're going to be applying Massachusetts law. So that's not really a factor. Massachusetts courts are less congested than D.C. courts. And so that's a factor leaning towards Massachusetts, so on and so forth. Ultimately, this was transferred to Massachusetts because of those factors. Our second case is Smith versus Colonial Insurance Company. This is interesting, too. So we've talked about a large scope of things so far. Uh, We've talked about a state, and then you zoom in further, and you get the districts, the federal districts within the state. If you zoom in even further, you can see that there are divisions within the district. And this is a case where the defendants wanted to transfer from one division to another division within the same district. And the reason for that was because there was an airport that led into one division, and then they would have had to drive from the airport to the other division where the courthouse was held there. And so they wanted to transfer, the attorneys wanted to transfer to the same city where the airport was so that it would save them that 40-mile drive. And it's funny, I I won't read the opinion, but the judge here was pretty playful in his language uh, towards the defendants here, saying that it wasn't really an inconvenience on them because we are going to consider not the attorney's convenience, but rather the convenience of the parties and the convenience of the witnesses. And because none of that was at stake or issue here, the court denied the motion to transfer. And that's really what transfer is. Later, we're going to be getting into form nonconvenience. And I do want to give just a brief overview of what this is before getting into it in another episode. But what this is just saying is that somebody says that the venue is improper and it's a foreign foreign country saying that the venue there is improper. Or rather, it would be better to have the venue in this foreign country. Well, you can't transfer to a foreign country, so instead you have to dismiss for, because of foreign nonconvenience. And that is just saying... We're dismissing this here in the United States so that you can refile in the foreign country. And we'll get into more details of how that works next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.